Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, before we get into this episode, I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who is still with me on Patreon. I know we lost a couple of you guys, BJ and and Brody, sorry to see you guys go. I uh, hope it wasn't anything I, I said or did. But uh, in the meantime, want to just again thank everyone else who's still with me, including, let's see, who do we got here? Including Anthony Mackey, Metal Dan. Metal Dan, I got your messages. We're going to play them soon. Fred Roots, James Bennett, Jay Vaninsky, J.B. Allen, Jean Francoise, I'm not sure about your last name, Blas, 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 Jans, or Johns, Jans, I think it's Jans Jacobson, you're over, you're in, was it, is it Sweden, it's Sweden, right? Yeah, thank you for your support, man. I sent you a t-shirt, hope you got it. John Biviori, Michael Street, Michael, did you make it out to the Rockin' Pod this year? I know we had dinner there last year, I'm wondering if you got back there this year. Heard Michael Butler was there. Mike Jones, thank you for for your, all you've done for us. Mr. David S. Gray, you rock. I appreciate it. Ralph Petrie, Rick Bunch, Sean Morgan, Steve Hoker, and we just said Ron Keel. Ron Keel, one of my favorite rock stars. He is supporting us on uh, on Patreon. That is awesome. Uh, Ron has his own Patreon page going that you guys should check out. He's doing some podcasting, giving away a lot of uh, cool things, including his his audio, uh, his audio book read by him, like the audiobook version, which I'm really into audiobooks, so I've got to figure out how to get that. I guess I can get it if I donate $9.99 a month to Ron Keel on Patreon. There you go. Um, cool. You guys rock. And again, so sorry to see BJ and Brody leave us, but... Um, yeah, that's uh, that's about it for now. Let's get into this great episode with James Kotek and Lee Aaron. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, 
and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids.
All right, a little Kingdom Come. Wow, that's a classic, right? Get it on. Featuring James Kotek on the drums. He is one of our two guests today. We're going to talk with James, who I love, such an awesome guy, former drummer, of course, of the Scorpions for like 20-some years. He was in the Scorps. And great guy with uh, quite a history. I used to love seeing him on uh, the, the TV show. What was it? The Ex-Wives of Rock TV show. He was on there with his, his ex-wife, Athena, who is Tommy Lee's sister. Anyways, uh, Kotek, always so great to talk with him. And he's got such a, a great history. I love his work on that Ultraphobic record by Warrant. Remember that one? Anyways, he's here to talk Kingdom Come with us today. And joining him is Keith St. John, a great vocalist who is now the vocalist in Kingdom Come. I was only expecting to talk with uh, with James, and he was in the studio, which you'll hear, and suddenly he, he threw a few other people into the interview, including, I think, a guy named Brent who was there and Keith St. John. So it was good to meet Keith and talk with Keith, and we get an update basically on Kingdom Come from from Keith and James. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to hear from Emily Striegel and her interview with Lee Aaron, the metal queen that took place at Heavy Montreal. So stay tuned for both of those interviews. But right now, let's get into some calls from you guys, the listeners. Hey, Mark, it's Mike from Boston. Hey, hey, Mike. I just listened to your interview, your short and uninforming interview with Magnus from Witchcraft. What is up with that guy? What does he think? He's Jimmy Page or something? Anyway, pretty boring. Bye. Hey, Mike, thanks for your call. I actually got a kick out of that interview. You know, we had some technical issues when we went back to talk with him. but And, and it was weird because he didn't say much, but he, he wasn't as big of a jerk as somebody like Jizzy Pearl or Fieldy from Corn, But yeah, he was definitely an unin- uninformative interview, to say the least, right? Here's another call. Mark, this is Jerry from Long Island. You guys are probably up in Heavy Montreal today. This is Sunday, the 29th of July. I'm at Jones Beach Theater on Long Island. I'm about to go inside to see Testament and Slayer. Uh, go ahead and play Testament to Fletcher Crown. And I guess I'll see you in December at the Ghost Show. Up the Ghost. You bet, Jerry. And thanks for calling us. I'm playing these messages out of order. Obviously, Mike from Boston, his his message probably came in after Jerry's. And yeah, well, Jerry, we were up at Heavy Montreal. It's so awesome. You called us from the concert you were going to. Uh, I'm sure you enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see you at Ghost. Here's a little testament. You have wasted You never 
Good to hear from you. I always appreciate your support. Let's go to another call. Hey, it's Metal Dan on uh, Patreon Metal Dan. and the Twitter feed. Hey, calling in about uh, Ryan Roxy and Alice Cooper. Right, right. So let- oh, shit. Dan, I don't know what happened to your message. It got cut off, uh, which... This these messages, man. This call recorder thing. I'm paying like 150 bucks for this thing, and half the people their messages get cut off. Not many people call in. You know, I look at my download numbers. I get like 2,000 an episode, which is great. Doesn't mean I that everyone listens to the episode they download, but yeah, that's that's not bad. I'm I'm happy with that. Uh, but I can't get any of you dudes to call in. It's the same people over and over again. Jerry, you're amazing. Uh, you know, we had Leo from Alaska. There's the regulars, but it's just not worth 150 bucks. So I'm, I'm not going to renew it for the year. And we're kind of done with, with that particular phone line guys. Uh, metal Dan, I'm sorry you got cut off the, uh, the, the, the service that this, this company was providing me has been real questionable too. So I don't blame you guys for not calling, especially when you call and you get cut off like poor metal Dan there. I don't know what you were going to say about Ryan Roxy, Metal Dan, from from Alice's band, but he's great. I've met him. Nice dude. I'd love to interview him. And uh, yeah, let's hear some music by Ryan Roxy, known for his work with Alice Cooper, as as well as just dozens of other people and bands and projects. This is Over and Done by Ryan Roxy. (laughs) 
from Alice Cooper's band. Sorry, Metal Danny got cut off. I would have loved to have heard what you were going to say about Ryan from from Alice's band. I enjoy your tweets, and thanks for your support, dude, on Patreon. I wish we could get more people on Patreon. I don't know why we can't get more than 19 people, but we're stuck at 19. Number 20, come on. Donate to Patreon with a monthly pledge. I'll send you out a Talking Metal t-shirt. All right? Cool. Let's hit another message here, another phone message from the audience. Hey, Mike. Mike Powers from Boston calling. Hey, as well. Mike hey, again. I've got two questions for you, and then I've got uh, a comment, and I wanted your thoughts on the comment as well. So the two questions are, what are your impressions of Hellstar from Houston right. and Agent Steel from California? They were two of my favorite metal bands in the 80s, and I'd never heard you talk about them, so I wanted to know what you think about them. Also, the other... Uh, yeah, I've spoken about is, Do you ever get up to Boston? If you do, let's have a beer. Ooh, I'd and, love to uh, get up there. The, the comment I have is, I think that Baroness Purple, while it may not be classic, quote-unquote, metal, I think it's a genius album, one of my favorites of all time, so I wanted to get your opinion on that. Keep up the good work, brother. Later. 
Thanks for your message, Mike. Yeah, go back and listen to episode 751. We talk about Hellstar with uh, James Rivera from Hellstar on that episode uh, about 20, what, 22 episodes ago, not that long ago. It's a great interview. I like James. I love his voice. I love the stuff he's done with Hellstar and Seven Wishes. And there's he's, he's just a really great dude. And I, I enjoyed that interview. So to answer your question, uh, never been like a diehard Hellstar fan, but I've always been aware of them. And I've always liked everything that I've heard by them. So there you go. And please listen to that interview with James because it's a, it's a great one and was on, uh, was on a recent episode, 751. Agent Steel, I also played on a, a recent episode. I was uh, really into that first Agent Steel record. What was it called? Skeptics Apocalypse or something. It was out on combat. I got that in like 1985 when it came out. It was at that time, I think, I don't even know if we called it thrash at that time. It was more like considered speed metal. Today, I might consider it thrash. Uh, great, great band or great album. You know, I didn't really follow their career much beyond that that first uh, first record, but loved uh, loved Agent Steel and the uh, some of the stuff they had on that first record. Like the the song Agents of Steel was great. I mean, I, I know I played that on a recent uh, Talking Metal episode. I think back in back in May, actually, if you go through, I uh, talk about Agent Steel and I play Agents of Steel back in, I think it was May of this year. So there you go, Mike. And yeah, Baroness, a band I don't know a, a ton about. Again, you're you're uh, stumping me here a little bit. The Purple Record, I like what I hear. I, there was a song called Shock Me on there. I had it on one of my playlists on Spotify for a while and, and dug that song a lot. So I need to dive deeper into the Purple Record by Baroness, a band that was up at Heavy Montreal this summer. So um, yeah, thanks for the tip. And let's hear some Baroness right now on Talking Metal.
Shock Me by Baroness. Thanks to all the callers. Let's get into a little Kingdom Come. This is Living Out of Touch by Kingdom Come, followed by my interview with James and Keith from Kingdom Come. I'm partners with uh, my friend Bruce. We have a studio down the street, and uh, um, hello. 
Hello. Hey. Mark? Yes. Can you hear me? Hey. Say hello to Keith and John. Oh, hey, man. Hey, Keith. How are you? So nice to meet you. Hey, Mark. What's going on? How's Not much, going, man. man. Well, I'm excited that you are, are a part of this uh, this Kingdom Come reunion, if you will, and just totally psyched to uh, to hear what you guys are up to. It sounds like you're doing some new music. Yeah, best thing that ever happened to me in my life, man. Now we're oh, we're going up. we're going nuts back here and uh, really uh, having a fun time with these songs. It's, it's not like learning stuff that's big hits and just you know getting it into your psyche and getting together with cats that that really have all that juice from you know that everybody loved from back then. So yeah. It's great, man. We're having a lot of fun. Cool. Hey, man, Mark, yes. I wanted to also introduce you to our friend who's playing guitar on uh, the Keith St. John tracks. I'm doing drums for him. And here he is. Hey, how's it going, man? I'm Brent Barker. Nice to meet you, man. Hey, Brent. Brent Barker. Anyway. <laughs> Brent's playing guitar on the Keith St. John, and uh, I'm here, and uh, I'm blowing down some drums. And, dude, he's killing it on guitar. But we're going to talk about Kingdom Come. Yeah. So- thank you so much for your time. Oh, you bet. But just to, but, uh, okay, so you're in the studio with Keith, but you're not doing like new Kingdom Come music. You're doing music well, no, for. We recorded, we recorded like about uh, 13, 14 Kingdom Come tracks so we could go back and revisit them because Keith is a stickler and he's. He, Keith is Keith. <laughs> like, to know him is to love him. He's like, like you've got to know him to love him because he's a lead singer and he's like really. Uh, what's the word? OCD. LSD, man. Oh, 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 LSD and OCD. Keith <laughs> is on it, man. Right. And he's kicking my ass because uh, I, I'd much rather be at home right now watching baseball. Right. What I said was, guys, you know, this is going to feel like a real tour. We got to do what you guys did first. We got to record the two albums, you know, in a week, and then we'll and then we'll take it on the road just to make it feel right. Right on. So you are in the studio and you're kind of just recording some of those old classics to make sure that... We did it. Yeah. yeah. While we did it, we really got to get a feel for what it's going to sound like live. And, you know, naturally, arrangements have got to be adjusted for live stuff, you know, you know, for for hits and videos. Things were probably edited back when. And, you know, now the band can stretch out more. And then, you know, maybe on some of the tracks that ain't, everybody's favorite that we can actually you know condense them down a little bit and, right and this way we can just really own them when we get up there and have a lot of fun with them and um i think it'll really show when we go and play live that you know we're inside these tracks so much it's, it'll feel like we've been playing them for 10 years so and these recordings so, yeah, and then, uh, these recordings that you're doing is strictly just for your own personal use this isn't something you would be releasing at some no, at some point no no, no except us although it sounds magnificent i mean if we could do something with it we would but i don't think that makes sense but in the midst of doing all that um you know i've got you know one of the most kick-ass drummers on the planet here and i'm like hey man i'm working on my own stuff with brent right now the q st stuff and james is like i think he's playing on that and so i'm like yeah man so that's what we're doing today we're just blowing through some of my uh ksj tracks which are sounding amazing. We're on the first it's one. Some, it's some killer, killer, it's, killer stuff. Man. It's nuts, man. It's, it sounds really good. It's some of the show So yeah, well, you'll be hearing from this band too sometime soon. So I'm, I'm putting things in a row for that, and I hope James will have the time in between everything he's doing um, to to be in the band. So that's what we're working on right now. 
Cool. Well, so, I can't wait whatever. to hear that. Um, yeah, man. But, you know, as far as Kingdom Come stuff goes, Kenny Stagg and J.B. Frank just arrived in town early. They just called us. They're about two hours out of town. Um, and they're coming in from Palm Springs, actually. And um, that's a total surprise. So this is kind of a crazy kismet day with all this stuff going crazy. And um, we'll be seeing those guys pretty soon. And um, unexpectedly, I'll get and, and get the party rolling. Cool. And it is going to be a party, the 30-year anniversary of that classic self-titled Kingdom Come record that, you know, James's drums were just such a massive part of. I mean, songs like Pushing Hard, you just hear that that intro drum beat, of course, Get It On, the uh, you know, just what's now just a total classic song. Uh, James, when memories of recording that record and and going into the studio and and laying down those tracks. I mean, this you guys kind of it was your first record, but it was pretty high profile stuff. I mean, Bob Rock, you guys were recording at Little Mountain Sound in in Vancouver, which you know all the biggies were recording at, and uh, just maybe some memories of that time of the band coming together and heading into the studio to do that. Uh, that classic album. Could you share some? Man, I'll tell you what, Mark. I'll, t- I'll tell you, Mark. It was like a dream come true because I've been in, in bands over the years and I, I, I toured North America so many times over for like 10 years. But the Kingdom Come, when we went in with Bob Rock, Bob Rock, this was his first uh, album that he produced. He was Bruce Fairbairn's uh, sidekick for years. Right. And that, he all of a sudden Kingdom Come, and you know what? The album shipped over six, seven hundred thousand copies uh, overnight, and we were like blown away. We were in we were in uh, the UK and Europe when when the album shipped, and then we shipped gold. Like go figure, we're still the the number one band that shipped gold. And um, but Bob Rock kicked my ass, and he on the he was. He was, of course, the Paoli's, and uh, he also, he just kicked my ass, man. And then uh, I met Tommy Lee on uh, July 24th uh, down at, uh, uh, what's the name of that place, the big place, the uh, oh, L.A. Coliseum. And uh, Tommy came back with Heather, and, and uh, he goes, man, you got to go meet my, my sister. He goes, you'd be perfect for her. And I went and met Athena that night. Right. We, were, we were partners for... Uh, 20 plus years but the next step Bob Rock produced uh, which was after The Kingdom Come and Bob Rock went on of course to do all the Metallica albums etc etc and I was like really blown away and really thankful and grateful that I was involved and somehow made that those albums happen in in a really crazy sort of way and uh it's like really nuts. We're going back to our roots, and um, you know what? Hey, 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 yeah. hey, hey! I'm gonna see Klaus and Rudolph and Matthias on September 1st. Nice. Uh, I'm going down to the hotel and uh, meet with them uh, because we're still very good friends and we're we're family, man. And uh, uh, nothing is, is broken between us because I love to amicably. And uh, it's like really, really wonderful to be able to go back and see the guys. And, um, 
and it's it's just wonderful. And I just want to put that in there because there's no animosity with uh, the kingdom comes or the, uh, I'm sorry with the scorpions or anything. And I'm very thankful and grateful that I was part of that situation for 21 years. Yeah. And here we are. And I'm going to go down with some guys next week. And uh, you know, it's like life is wonderful, and I get to go back and do kingdom come, and things are great. Cool. And again, you guys are heading out on tour to celebrate this 30-year anniversary of that that just fantastic self-titled album that came out in 1988. And essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's the the original band minus Lenny plus Keith, right? Yes, we have uh, uh, Rick Steyer on guitar. We have Danny Stagg on guitar. We have Andy Frank on bass. We have James Kotak on drums, and but yeah, what is so wonderful, we have Keith St. John, the ultimate badass vocalist from hell, and he's going to be, he is straight from hell, and uh, he's hes on vocals, and uh, you know what, I love Lenny Wolf to death, but he did not want to participate, he did not want to participate, he was, uh, he's in uh, Hamburg, and he has his boat, and he was just like, not do it, and I'm, I'm actually really bummed out, but I'm so thankful and lucky and fortunate to have Kisei John on board. And uh, this guy's, he's kicking our ass. So there you have it. That, that's awesome to hear. And, you know, it's like nowadays there's so many bands out there that they, they, they don't have all the original members. I mean, hell, I just saw Foreigner recently, no. and it was just, you know, uh, just Foreigner. Mick. He was the only guy, and they, they were Mick, so good. Mick Jones is not even on, on tour with them most well, of the time. Yeah, he was when I saw him recently, but, but you're right, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I love uh, I love uh, Jeff, my uh, alter ego, and and all the guys in the band are so phenomenal. But things change, life changes, man. But we have to celebrate rock and roll. We have to do what we do. We have to go out and we have to kick ass. And we have like there's going to be a day very soon when ACDC, Scorpions, uh, etc. goes away. I'm sure Kiss will have replacement parts, <laughs> but we're we're like looking at an era here, you know, because hard rock will never die; it's going to stay. And uh, because of people like you, Mark, I really appreciate your time and your energy, and I uh, thank you so much. And Keith is playing guitar and distracting me. <laughs> I can hear something going on in the bank. Keith, so how did <laughs> how did this all come about? When did you get the call? From I'm assuming James to uh, hey, do you want to do this this 30 year anniversary tour with us? Yeah, well, we see each other on occasion, you know, just because we're both from LA and we both you know play in bands and you know do some touring stuff and whatever and studio stuff. So uh, I don't remember exactly where we were last fall when James kind of put that whole thing in my head you know he had this brainchild of maybe doing kingdom come again and you know maybe lenny wasn't going to be doing it and then um when we really solidified the possibility was when james came down and he played at this concert i produce um every year at the nam convention for the last two years called ronnie montrose remembered um ronnie montrose remembered actually started four years after ronnie passed because I felt that we did a real memorial for, for Ronnie Montrose. And I was in the band Montrose for like 13 years. So right. um, so a lot of really guitar players came down to the first one. 
um, you know, guys from like Aerosmith and Night Ranger and Guns N' Roses and everybody else. And it was, it was a really great part for Ronnie. And, um, I continued doing it because he wanted to keep doing it. And then, so I just opened the doors up to other people, drummers and bass players that I knew guys who just wanted to play. And this past year, James came down and, um, kicked everybody's ass and played some Montrose tunes with us from the first record. I think he played uh, Rock the Nation and something else. And just, it was nuts. And after he got done doing that, I asked him about the Kingdom Come thing. And he said, yeah, yeah, I really still want to do it. And um, we had a longer powwow about it. And, you know, I talked with him about, you know, you really got to make sure that the original singer in the band doesn't want to do it as I've been down this road before. You know, if we start hyping this up and getting things going, you know, and you want to use the name, you got, there's a lot of things you have to do and ducks you have to get in a row before you can come out and announce another guy singing in this band, you know, that um, had this, you know, really great singer with a strong presence that, you know, everybody's familiar with from back then. You know, it's not the easiest thing to do, when you're a vocalist, replacing another vocalist, it's um, it's a pretty it's a pretty strong move, you know, for a band that people are fans of and familiar with. So James went through all the diligence. Uh, Lenny, you know, he took a long think about it. He didn't want to do it, and then you know they worked out the legalities of them doing it and moving on, and him just uh, giving them his blessing. And at that point, I was like, okay, now we're ready. Um, let's start planning it. And uh, that's pretty much it, man. I, right. You know, I was looking at this year going, you know, this is, it's funny because I don't really have any kind of a touring schedule going, you know, in the, in the, even in the summer and the late fall, I was pretty wide open. So the timing couldn't have been more perfect and, uh, and that whole deal. So, so when do you guys hit the road? You know, and another thing for me that, that I got to say is I, I get asked to do these types of things different bands you know especially out of la there's a lot of bands from that same era that were in the mid to late 80s that were really hot back then you know in the mtv days doing stuff sometimes i get asked to go out and a lot of people have seen me with you know different versions of whatever that i won't name right now but for me nowadays now that i'm kind of into my whatever it is want to call this mid-age and whatever i don't really want to do anything that isn't really me. Like with this music and this band, I can just be myself and it's just my own style just kind of works for their music. And that's what, that's really the main thing that makes it work for me is that, cool. you know, I can just go out and be AFJ and it just kind of works out that my styling and Lenny Wolf's styling are both kind of like the other side of the same coin. So, Nice. There you have it. I more awesome. than answered your question. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> right on. And can you fill the listeners in on, on when the tour is starting up, when we can expect you to, to get out yeah. on the road? Yeah, we um, we take off. We're going to fly up to uh, Seattle the night before the first gig. The first gig the 27th of September up in Seattle. And then um, we come down. Uh, we do a string of dates kind of on the West Coast before we start blowing east. If you go to www.kingdomcomeband.com, I believe the dates are listed there now. Yeah, I was just looking through them. I'm, I'm hoping you add, I'd love a, a New York City show or New Jersey show. I know you're up, uh, I think, in, in New York State, but I didn't, I didn't see any 
quite in, in my we'll neighborhood. See but. If, yeah. We'll see if something gets added. I would, you know, none of us in the band have really been, have really been working on, um, the dates and stuff, you know, cause we're so busy just getting all the material back and rolling that we're kind of letting management and, and right. the agency just handle all that stuff. But I, I am a little surprised when we're playing it somewhere like, you know, the Gramercy or whatnot in NYC. So, uh, I definitely, um, <laughs> when, if, if, and when we can, and maybe it won't even happen until we get going on the road. I hope we can add New York city to whatever we got. That would be great. I know they and, were looking at Long Island. Oh, Long Island, yeah, that would be cool too. I, I'd love to see you guys at like M three. I think Kingdom Come at M three would would really go over big, and and that would be uh, that would be awesome because all us fans always trek down there for that festival. That would be a great addition to the lineup for two thousand nineteen. Oh gosh, yeah. And yeah. since it's so fresh, it hasn't you know it just hasn't been in the scene. You know, no one's seen Kingdom Come least this u.s version of it with these original guys around in the u.s for so many years i think you know it would be a welcome addition hopefully to any of those you know kind of those festivals that feature these styles of bands because you know i think all the fans have all condensed you know it's not so much you know these guys are only quiet riot fans these guys are only la guns fans these guys are only newcomers kid row fans they're all kind of one big group of fans of that era now, and I think they'd really love to see this band. So, absolutely. Um, but, but we really wanted to do this on the ground kind of little theater and club tour just to get our. Oh, James has had me walk on his back right now. Hold on, I'm going to take these shoes off <laughs> while I'm talking to. You. <laughs> oh, 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 you hear that? Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> me walking on James' back. Wow. Oh, this is great. It is? Oh, I feel like I'm killing him. Oh. 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 Wow, something cracked. Shoot, oh. man. Is that good? No, <laughs> Mark. Did you hear that? No, I, I, what do you say? James is thanking you for your patience and for the interview. Oh, you bet. Well, I, I know you guys you guys are rehearsing, so I don't want to take up too much of your time. I did want to ask James just one one last question since we are talking about Kingdom Come. I don't know if he can... Can James hear me right now? Okay, I'm putting the phone down. Oh, God. Hey, oh, James. Awesome. Yeah, hey, hey yeah. James. Like, when Kingdom Come came oh. out, I mean, like you said, I mean, it, it like shipped gold. People were going crazy. You guys were on the Monsters of Rock uh tour and and you guys blew up big we the fans we all loved you guys but there was a portion of like the new york elite rock critics who who weren't really into you guys and and were pointing that you sounded too much like zeppelin and i just find it ironic here we are 30 years later and greta von van fleet is out and they're like celebrated by that same that same kind of group it's odd no they're awesome like are you kidding this is like and they've mentioned kingdom so many times in their interviews and i'm so flattered about that right but i'll tell you what it's better to be compared to the and to the huge ass Led Zeppelin monarchy, and and just compared to a huge ass, yes. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what, honestly, I, I, I was always thrilled to death. Unfortunately, we had a lead singer in our band that uh, uh, just kicked all those 
comparisons. And I said, you're wrong. I said, man, if I'm going to be compared to uh, uh, a certain drummer or a, a certain band from somewhere, from a, 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 especially to Led Zeppelin, like, are you joking? I'm so thankful and so grateful. And that's like so wonderful. The answer is we're worked really hard to make it sound way more like Led Zeppelin than it did back then. That's what we're doing right <laughs> okay, now. Okay, cool. And in Keith St. John's voice, we're we're there, man. Whatever Keith St. John says, I'm there. Dude, we are like on the warpath of, of playing Kingdom Come, and then, you know what, we're going to probably surprise a lot of people, and we're going to play some Montrose, we're going to play some Zeppelin, we're going to play a little bit of this and that. It's going to be so fun. Dude. Cool. I cannot wait. And that makes sense because you had a, you had a little history with uh, with Montrose too, right, James? Well, I played on the uh, Montrose Mean album in 1985, I think, in 86. Wow. Okay. And uh, Keith was a singer for, for Montrose. Right. I mean, for 12 years, this wow. guy was the guy, man, dude. He was the, the singer for Montrose. So wait, like, you wrote some of those songs too. James. I did write some of those songs, right. but I'll tell you what, man. Keith St. John was the singer. And um, that alone in itself, if you're the singer for Montrose, you're the singer for me. And you're the badass MFer. Dude, what more do you want? It's like, what a package deal. But like, are you joking? Yeah. Big leg woman ain't got no soul. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Cool. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I think. Uh, Critics are always, to answer my opinion of your question, my humble opinion as a side guy of those East Coast critics and stuff. Pretty, don't they pretty much kind of like those same critics or just kind of trying to take the dark side of the coin on, you know, that everything they're talking about mostly, right? right? Yeah, I think there's some if, of that, if yeah. The, if the worst thing you can talk about is that, oh, you know, these guys are feeling stuff or sounding like, you know, my kitty cats being this other gigantic, iconic band. I guess that's not too bad. Right. No, absolutely not. You know? Absolutely not. Well, guys, I, I really wish you the best of luck with this. I'm totally excited that Kingdom Come is back, playing some of my favorite music off that first and, and second album, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Cool. I mean, cool. You got to look at it like oh, it's the 30th anniversary of, you know, this version of the band, because this version of the band with Danny and JB and Rick and James, they did two records back to back. I think what James one year right after the yeah. other. Yeah. yeah. Like right then. And that was it. That incarnation of the band hasn't existed since then. So yeah, we're going to dig into both records. It wouldn't be fair to the second record. Oh, not to oh, Okay. Mark really quick. I just wanted to say that I played drums on the, the ASJ that's key St. John album. And we have Brent, here in the studio, we're in the studio. Brent hey, say Brent Parker. <laughs> Brent Parker, what's up, brother? Yeah, hey, Brent. we got Brent. Brent's and, back. Uh, I play drums on 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 some stuff. So the Key St. John crap is going to come out. I, I didn't mean to call it crap. No, it's, it's crap. It is crap. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to whip it into something. We're going to whip it in. But but I'm very proud and very big to be associated with Keith. Absolutely, and all of his endeavors. I think he has a solo album coming out. And he's got some other stuff, and and Brent Barker is, is involved. And it, it's very important to me that I expand my horizons. Of course, I have my a new revenge 
with uh, Kerry Kelly, Tim River Owens, Rudy Sarzo, and uh, we got that band going. I love Rudy. I know, Rudy's So, uh, but, dude, man, God, person, I look forward to seeing you down the road. Absolutely. Where are you? Uh, I'm in New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. I was saying earlier, we got to get a a date in New Jersey. We got New Jersey. uh, It's Jamban (laughs) Chofi. Right on. We got it. Hey, man, he's my friend. I can call him right now, and we'll have a great conversation. But, hey, I want to invite you to where we're playing. Yeah, please. We're playing somewhere. Yeah, I think there's like a Poughkeepsie, New York show or something, so maybe I can get up to that. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta look at the dates again. I mean, yeah, Jesus, let's go back to 1984. But you know what? It's, instead of having a night off, oh, there's something near Philly. That's closer. Right. Oh yeah, Philly. Yeah. Okay. I could do but Philly. You know, what? you know what? Instead of having a night off, me and Keith, and Rick said, you know what? Screw this. We don't want a night off. We would much rather play. And if we have to open for Zebra, we'll do it. <laughs> Right, and okay. that's what we did. We cool. agreed to that show. Uh, it, it's less money. I love you guys, man. I, no, I love you. No, put me on the door. 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 You know, Zebra, they, they, um, they made their fame where I grew up on Long Island. And they were Long Island? They were a Zeppelin cover band. I know. They got I know that. I know that, Keith St. John. And, cool. But I'll tell you this: the day Kingdom Come opens for Zebra is like, are you effing joking? <laughs> but we will do what we have to do because I'd much rather open for some band than have a night off. Because right. me, Keith and John, Rick Steyer, and the rest of the band, we want to work. We want to play seven nights a week, and we don't want any nights off, brother. Right on. And I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. And we can call it a day. It's a day. Yeah, Bye, absolutely. Brother. Well, well. Thank, thank you, guys. You so Thanks for your time. And uh, yeah, James. At some point, we'll get you back on. I want to go through your just amazing history. Every, I mean, there's just so much stuff to talk to you about, uh, from Warren to Montrose to the, your long career with the Scorpions. But today, we're just focusing on what's going on now, which is the 30th wow. anniversary of that wow. first Kingdom Come album and the tour that's about to happen. Well. Mark, that is so pleasurable of you. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, uh, I'm going to see Klaus and Rudolph and Matthias uh, this coming Monday, Tuesday. Cool. Well, no, Saturday. And because um, we're all still good friends. And I look forward to meeting you in person. And yeah. thank you so much for your time, your time and energy. Thank yeah, thanks, so much. Mark. Thanks a lot. Thank man. you, bro. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Brent. And I hope you. And see us too. And, uh, yes, I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make it to one of the shows. Probably the Philly show. That that's that's a good possibility. Thank you so much, Brent Baker. Says no, no Parker. Parker. Parker, that's what's that. You're Brent, the Baker, dude. Dude, I'm, I am the Baker. Brent says hello. Keith St. John says hello, and thank you, Mark. I say hello, and thank you so much, very much, for your time and your convenience. And thank- we will speak soon. Absolutely. Reach out anytime, James. Okay. Take care, guys. Bye.
James Kotak for calling into Talking Metal, that song right there. Do you like it? Classic Kingdom Come. You're going to get some classic Kingdom Come on this upcoming tour. I got to figure out. I mean, Kingdom Come and Zebra actually together sounds like a great bill. But unfortunately, they're not playing anywhere real. I mean, I'm in North Jersey and and the places they're playing are quite a a hike for me. And uh, yeah. But I'm hoping I can get to, I mean, Philly's far, Poughkeepsie's far, but it could be fun to see uh, Kingdom Come and uh, Zebra together. That actually is is appealing to me. But maybe it'll be the Philly show. I'm not sure. I got to figure that out. So thanks to Keith and James, James Kotek, that is, former drummer of the Scorpions and I guess uh, I almost said former drummer Kingdom Come, but now he is once again the drummer of Kingdom Come. So, and and really, you know, there's so many, you know, I know Lenny is not in it, but there's so many bands out there who are just still out there waving the flag. I mean, I saw Warrant, which was all the guys from the classic Warrant lineup, um, but with Robert Mason on vocals, I saw them recently at M3 and just so good. And I, I I'm okay with these bands not having all the original guys anymore because this is the end of the era man we gotta we gotta soak up what we can get from these guys you know and and big props to james kotek for for bringing kingdom come back to us the classic kingdom come all righty so what concerts do i got coming up we're going to see enough's enough bullet boys great white looking forward to that got ozzy Got Ozzy in two less than two weeks in like nine days. Got Priest in like five days or something. So a lot of good concerts coming up. Deep Purple. Just saw Glenn Hughes in the city uh, play a set of Deep Purple, and it was great. We got to hang out with him afterwards for for oh, like 20 minutes. He basically kicked everyone out of the backstage area except Emily and I and hung with us for like a good 20 minutes with the door shut. It was so much fun. We got to hear all the stories we can't, you know, we wouldn't get on the podcast. So more, nothing like nothing too, too scandalous, more about just his, his issues with, and I mean, not his issues. It sounds like the guys in deep purple, I'm not going to name any names, have issues with him. And that's kind of uh, sad to this day that they can't let, let that shit go. Uh, and we got the inside scoop on that. Sounds like, um, he will be back in the New York area in 2019. So looking forward to, to seeing that. And he told us about that too, which I can't quite reveal at this point, but, uh, there you go. 
We're going to hear from Lee Aaron, the metal queen who played up at Heavy Montreal. Emily did an interview with her up there. So I guess that's where we'll end today's show. We're, uh, yeah, so let's do that right now. I'll come back after the interview and talk. Here is classic Lee Aaron with Metal Queen here on Talking Metal, followed by Emily Striegel, my wife's interview with Lee Aaron at Heavy Montreal this past uh, July. I think this one, it's either July 28th or 29th. I believe she played on the 29th, although I can't remember. So, yeah, I think this interview was recorded July 29th, 2018. Emily interviewing Lee Aaron. Thanks to Mitch LaFon for setting it up. Here we go. Some Lee Aaron classically Aaron music followed by Emily's interview with Lee Aaron.
Hey guys, this is Emily Striegel from Talking Metal. I'm here with the Metal Queen, Lee Aaron. So nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you too. It's an honor to be here today. Killer set today. I know it was your first time at Heavy Montreal, which is crazy. As you said, you've been, you're Canadian, been doing this since 82, and this is your first time at Heavy Montreal. How did it feel to be at the premier Canadian uh, festival today? It was really, really cool, you know. Um, I was saying to somebody earlier, I think maybe one, we're one of the only bands that could play Montreal jazz and blues and also do heavy Montreal because stylistically we can swing <laughs> in uh, a couple of different ways. And so um, it was just, yeah, great honor to finally be invited here. And it was a great audience and uh, a show. Hot, though. Hot, hot, hot up there. Hot. Yeah. In the sun. I always yeah. feel so bad because we can escape into the shade. You guys can't. You're just there. Well, <laughs> believe it or not, one of the weirdest things is on my black boots. Like when I was standing in the sun and my feet were like frying. I was like, <laughs> yipes. It was, but no, it was, it was a great set. Well, it didn't show. You, I didn't see a bead of sweat and you just were killing it up there. And I love the velvet uh, jacket. Uh, thank you. Very, it's very you. cool. <laughs> so as you were saying, I mean, you are one of the few bands that could are very versatile. You could play jazz and you could play heavy Montreal. You're very versatile as a vocalist and you've done, you've run the gamut. You've done jazz. You've done, you've done some classical stuff, right? Have you done? Um, well, you're, I did, I did one opera in my <laughs> life and it was so much work. It was a great <laughs> experience for me to do it, but, um, I, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to think long and hard before I did another one. When the, the score arrived at my house, it was like thicker than a Bible and it was broke tuning. So it was all down a half step. So oh. it was, it was pretty, it was quite a complicated undertaking, but, um, but fun. I think if I did yeah. anything like that again, it would be, have to be a rock opera. So. I, I think yeah. that would be amazing. And I'm, I'm amazed you are very, you're an excellent vocalist and very versatile. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about the your release in 2016, which was Fire and Gasoline, and you were saying you wrote that with Sean, and this was your first, this was kind of your return to rock after doing, this was your first full rock release in like 20 years or something. Tell me a little bit about that album and how that came about. Um, well, mostly I'd just taken off time to, to have my children and raise our children, um, so uh, some time and space opened up. I always knew I was going to make another rock record. I always knew that it was going to happen. It was just a matter of the right timing. And then uh, Sean Kelly and I got connected through his book and subsequent companion CD and concert, Metal on Ice. And um, we just 
hit it off because he's a, he's a really smart guy. Um, we had a lot in common. We liked we had a lot of the same musical influences, and we just spoke the same language. So that one thing led to another, and we're like, let's we started writing, doing a little bit of writing together, and it was just you know you don't often come across writers that it really you really click with and there's something magical uh you have that kind of chemistry i've done a lot of songwriting in my life and flown to la and nashville and all these places and um even years ago when i did that the singles were always the ones that i wrote with john albany on my early albums and so so i don't bother doing that i don't go write with a million people it's like you get a couple people you have chemistry with and i've recently started writing with my bass player dave reimer as well we wrote diamond baby together and so what greater situation could i have than having like i have like all these gifted guys in my band so it's like (laughs) tickety boo this like complete union it's like tickety boo if it if it ain't broke don't fix it exactly so um the recipe's working. Yeah, so Sean and I wrote some songs, and that's how we came out uh, with Fire and Gasoline, and then we did a follow-up album, and that's my goal. My goal this summer is to come out of this tour with enough money to make another record. Nice. <laughs> so that's what's important. To me, It's these days, it's about the process, right? It's yeah. just about the creative process and about doing it and to just do it and keep going. It's just uh, I'm having probably more fun now than I did back years ago because there isn't this giant record company pressure yes. to have hits. And so yes. we can just make the records we want to make, yeah. right? Yeah. And so the new one, Diamond Baby Blues, came out in March, right? Mm-hmm. It's a fairly new release. I got to hear I got to hear Diamond Baby, you sing that. That is very hooky. That's going to be in my <laughs> brain for like the next year. That's a really cool song. Well, thank you. Um, I <laughs> I like to write memorable <laughs> songs. So, yeah, for me, it's all about, you know, we might toss around five or six ideas, but it's the one that yeah. where, I, where my brain yeah. goes, yeah. that I can write something to. Yeah. Um, and that's the one I'll spend yeah. the time working on. So, um, yeah. It's funny to watch. So I know my husband had a massive crush on you. He, he still <laughs> talks about Kerrang! your Kerrang pictures okay so uh, he probably still has some of them around the house but I see the reaction the response you get from from the men who are just like you are the metal queen to them still how does that feel I mean to see their faces light up well it's you know it's it's been a thing for me to wrap my head around and make peace with throughout my life I think you know Years ago, when everybody was younger, myself included, it was more of just a, they, they were infatuated with this idea or this image of me. But I, I'd like to think as we've all gotten older and my audience has matured that it's, it's more of just an, uh, an honorary title and that they admire my, my ability yeah. to sing and, and write songs and just yeah. be, you know, a, a pioneering Canadian female rocker. And how did that how did that feel? Because there was a very small group, and now you've opened up the door for a lot of women, and there are tons more bands that have are female fronted bands. Um, and I know there were probably some challenges. Do you think it hurt you or help you helped you being a female back in the day, or is there anything any experiences you want to share about that? Uh, well, like I said in one of the other interviews, yes and no, um, because there were so few female hard rockers back when I started, we were treated somewhat as a novelty. Uh, and so uh, people would wanted to talk to you, but then I always felt like they were out there with a notepad <laughs> when I was performing live going, Could she, but can she actually pull yeah. this off? Can she actually sing? And I know that um, 
on my sixth album, Some Girls Do, I remember being in my manager's office and he was talking to somebody on the phone from the record or whatever. And they were like, and he's going, well, sh well she wrote it. She wrote the song. Oh. And I, I went, what is that? And he said, yeah. well, they're asking who wrote the hit for you. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm on my sixth album mm -hmm. and people still don't realize that I actually yeah. write my own material. Yeah. That was a bit disconcerting for me. So I would like to think that at this point in the game after 14 albums and yeah. a 30 year career that people finally go okay yeah. actually Lee Aaron does write her own material yeah. um, and so you play multiple instruments guitar you play piano you played I mean I read you played saxophone at some point so. yeah I, w I would not say that I'm a maestro <laughs> on any one of them but um, you know neither were the Beatles I write I write well enough to write songs yeah. and that's what's important to me yeah. so um, that's how I you know, do my craft, right, and get the get the ideas out. But um, awesome. yeah, so well, I hope we get to see you on the road. I hope you make enough money to make another album because I'm loving <laughs> what I've I've heard on the last two releases at this point. So thanks so much for being here today, coming on Talking Metal. Thanks for a great show, and we hope to have you back on soon. Oh well, thank you so much. Uh, pleasure to be here.
mistreated Lee Aaron's cover of Deep Purple. Glenn Hughes era Deep Purple song covered he'll use. And like I said, we just saw Glenn do a set of Deep Purple in New York City. So good. If you have a chance to see Glenn Hughes out and tour, definitely uh, check him out. Check him out. He's great. He's great live. So good. And thanks to Lee Aaron for joining us on Talking Metal. Thanks for Heavy Montreal for having Lee Aaron play and having us up there at at the festival this year. It's always a ton of fun. I want you guys to support us by using our Amazon links. You can go to TalkingRock.net or TalkingMetal.com. And in the show notes, in any blog post, actually, you will find just about any blog post, you will find links. And if you're in Canada, the UK or the United States, there are specific links you can use to link through to Amazon and do your purchasing there. Buy, buy shit. And we get a small percentage back on that. And it's working, guys. Listen, I got like 40 bucks last month for for people using our Amazon links. I appreciate that. Any little bit helps, definitely. Uh, if you want to buy a T-shirt, you can use our PayPal account to send me some money. Send me 20 bucks. I'll send you out a T-shirt. All right? And uh, yeah, I think to end it, actually, to end it, let's... Uh, Let's go to one of our, our Patreon people. I just sent you a, a, a Mr. Jacobson in Sweden. I just sent you out a T-shirt, size medium. I hope you got it. I don't know if it's Jens or Jans. It's, he spells his name J-E-N-S. I don't know how they pronounce that in, in Sweden. But Jans Jacobson, maybe? I, I'm not sure. Who knows? But anyways, here's what he says. Uh, thought you'd g- I'd give you my shirt size and address. You did. Thank you, Mr. Jacobson. The, the T-shirt is on the way. Uh, it's been a great summer here in Sweden. Sweden. It's been a great summer here in Sweden. Warm weather and lots of great music. I attended the, I attended the Sweden Rock Festival this year for the first time in years. That's cool, man. I've had numerous Talking Metal listeners were at that show, so... Or festival, I should say. And you go on to say, it was great. Headliners were Ozzy, Maiden, and Priest. This <laughs> is incredible. Maiden, great as always, a five out of five. Priest, four out of five. Ozzy, unfortunately, two out of five. Hmm. Well, Zach is horrible. You can't be shredding on the old Sabbath songs. But if you take Maiden out of the count, I must say Glenn Hughes was the best out of all, even though he played at noon. Shared second by Baroness. Okay, cool. Brings us back to Baroness. We heard about them earlier in the podcast. And in this moment, first time in Sweden, never heard them before. Wow, that's cool, man. You know, we used to have in this moment on the show frequently back in the day. And somebody else emailed me, another Talking Metal listener, that they were great at the Sweden Rock Fest. So very cool. Maria and Chris of In This Moment, old friends of the show, haven't spoken with them in years. Love the the Black Wedding song they have out. It's been getting a lot of airplay, like on FM radio stations here in New Jersey and the United States, with Halford doing guest vocals. Anyways, uh, Mr. Jacobson goes on to say, my next show will probably be the Pumpkins United Tour. 
who's who are coming to my hometown in a couple weeks. Cool, Smashing Pumpkins. Third, I'll see it in just one year. Love it. I'm, oh, I'm not sure who who he's talking about there. Anyways. Two music requests, Orphaned Land. Yeah, I know those guys out of Israel, right? The Cave and Visigoth, Steel and Silver, both great. Besides music, podcast is all I listen to this day, and yours is one of them. Oh, cool. Thank you, man. All right, so I tell you what, we'll, we'll play a little Orphaned Land to take us out here as requested from our friend, uh, Mr. Jacobson in Sweden. And thank you so much for all your support on Patreon, Mr. Jacobson. This is Orphaned Land, I believe out of Israel, right? We've played them before. And they're going to take us out on today's episode of Talking Metal. Epic episode. Thanks to Emily for doing the interview with Lee Aaron. Thanks to all you guys for leaving voicemails. We're killing the uh, the voicemail message uh, thing for now. Just not, I can't afford it to be quite honest. Um, so that's that. Please support us. Throw us a PayPal donation. Buy a T-shirt for twenty bucks using the PayPal account, or if you give us a five dollar a month pledge or more on Patreon, I will mail you a T-shirt, all sizes, small through three XL, currently available. All right, that'll do it for now. This is Orphaned Land on Talking Metal.
Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.